0: Welcome to another episode of Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. My name is Robin Robertson, and I'm the creator and host of this podcast. So I always like to begin with a message of thanks. And today I would like to thank you for being part of this wonderful community and continue to inspire me on my own home learning journey. I am really appreciative of the messages and the emails and even the direct questions I get or the stories that you share on how I've been able to help connect and support you on your journey or on your family's journey. I really appreciate all of those words and encouragement. I also appreciate those of you that are part of the Patreon community because you are a huge support to this podcast and keeping it going. My goal is to actually start releasing weekly episodes for you and increase content and we're getting closer and closer to that goal. So I appreciate all of you who have been helping us to get there. I'd like to give a special shout out to a patron today, Rachel Drennan. I hope I'm saying your last name correctly, Rachel. Thank you for being a Patreon and supporting the podcast. I am grateful that you have stepped up to be part of this journey. And if you are not familiar with our Patreon community, you can check it out at patreon.com/honeyem Homeschooling the Kids if you'd like to see what's available, to those that are patrons, and if you'd like to offer support to this podcast. So one of the other thanks and shout outs that I want to give today are to the listeners that come from all other parts of the world outside of North America. I am in Canada, but I know I have listeners from the other side of the globe, and I hear from you and the stories that you share with me from countries that I actually don't expect sometimes homeschoolers to be in or listeners to be in, and I love it. Thank you so much, because not only is it interesting, but it's encouraging, and I learned so much because every journey is so unique and different, and I know many times what shapes that difference is the environment that we live in, Um, and There's many circumstances that can also influence our home learning journey. And I'm really appreciative for those of you that reach out and share that with me. So one of the shout outs I'd like to give today is to the home educating and unschooling community in Australia. Uh, I have a special connection there as well, and I hear your messages of encouragement uh, and that's passed on, whether to friends and family that I have down there or if you reach out directly to me, I want to say thank you. Um, it always has a special place in my heart. and. I'm just so excited that you're also part of this journey. So to all the Aussies, everyone in the land down under, thank you so much for tuning in and supporting this podcast. I really appreciate it. I hear you and see you. So I just want to give a little bit of updates. If you are looking for a little bit of encouragement and support right now, we are still doing our monthly Q&A. Golda David, Judy Arnell, and I have been hosting a monthly Q&A via Zoom. And our next Q&A is scheduled for April 18th at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. So if you'd like to tune in, please do. I have the registration link up on my Instagram if you go to my Instagram bio. And I'll also share it on Facebook as well. Or uh, you can reach out to me if you'd like the link. I'll send it in an email too if you are on the email list. This month, our unschooling Q&A topic is Achieving Literacy Through Unschooling, and so that's going to be our focus. Last month was screen time, which is always an interesting discussion. If you happen to miss it, that's okay. Uh, I also, we record the workshop, and I share it with patrons on in our Patreon community, so you can find the workshop there. I'm also on Clubhouse so that's a new social platform. It's audio only. And I have created a club, Honey, I'm Homeschooling. I would have put Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, but they will only allow for a certain amount of characters. So that's what it is, but it's all good. And on Clubhouse, I host two weekly rooms, Tuesday, At 4 p.m. Mountain Time, which is 6 p.m. Eastern, I hold a room and usually have a co-host with me where we talk about learning, unschooling, homeschooling, self-directed education, alternative education, and the discussions are open and rich, and I love them. And uh, I've been learning and and hearing stories. And I have some great people that even are coming on the podcast, have been on the podcast, or I'm just meeting them myself. And I've been able to co-host with them. So tune in Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Mountain Time on Clubhouse. And I also host a room Saturday mornings with Liana Francisco, who is a grown unschooler who always gives such great insight. And her and I co-host a room Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. Mountain Time in the Un- in Honey, I'm Homeschooling Club. Um, but that's open to anyone on Clubhouse to join. So please come and join us on those days. If you'd like to get on Clubhouse but need an invite, message me because I'm sharing invites with listeners. So just let me know and I can share an invite with you as well. So now to this episode. I'm actually really excited because this guest has been on... Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids Before, and I encourage you to go to the other episode if you want to hear a little bit more of their home learning journey, where before previously we had a chance to dive deeper into that. Uh, And this episode, it's Carla Marie Williams is the guest today. And I love Carla Marie. She is so fantastic and says so much encouragement and insight, but, you know, just the confidence and the understanding is so clear with Carla Marie, and I know you'll get that as well. So Carla Marie is a speaker. She is a writer. She is a child advocate. She's also the president of Bebo Publishing, and right now she has a new book out. She's on her virtual book tour, so I am ever so grateful that we get to be part of the book tour. Her new book is called Teens Unleashed and she shares her personal experiences, family experiences and experiences of friends that have grown up unschooling. She has six kids. She's a mom to six unschoolers. They range in age from 18 to 12 and she shares their her insights and their experiences on growing and supporting unschool teens and it's so valuable. I actually have the link in the show notes if you want to reach out and get the book. It is on Amazon or if you want to connect with her on her website as well. All of that information is there. Uh, go to Williamscom It's her website too, but go to the show notes, click on that to connect with Carla Marie and listen in on this episode where we talk about supporting our kids from young until Grown adults and the key factors that are so important in this self directed learning journey for our kids, but also for us as parents. So, enjoy this episode and I can't wait to hear your feedback on how this inspired you. I have Carla Marie Williams joining me on the show today. Carla Marie, thank you so much for being a guest today and welcome back. This is the second time you've been on, Honey. I'm homeschooling the kids. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to have you back and, and to chat again. So if you haven't already listened to the first episode with Carla Marie, I really encourage you to do so. And if this is your first introduction to Carla Marie, she is a speaker, writer, and global child advocate, and she's a mom to six unschoolers. She's also the president of Be Bold Publishing. And right now, she's currently on her virtual book tour celebrating her new book, Teens Unleashed, which is a book that offers real-life, hands-on experience, and practical tips to help you support your teens and young adults. Welcome, Carla Marie. Thank you for having me. So I thought maybe for anyone that is new, that is just tuning in for the first time today, maybe could you tell a little bit about your personal journey into unschooling, how your family found yourself in this form of self-directed learning?
1: Wow. Well, <laughs> that that would take us back um, over a decade. We were in our 12th year of learning at home. Um, the first um, three years, we were very, very school-at-home, miserable, death by workbook, <laughs> <Yeah>. and... <laughs> And we we did not like it at all. I did not like it. I um, although I must say that early on, because I didn't enjoy traditional school and the structure of traditional school, I didn't expect my kids to either. So I thought it was normal that. It was miserable and it was a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea that learning could be enjoyable and that we could all enjoy this and go on this amazing journey together. So our first three years were very tumultuous. Um, I mean, they they read things, answered questions, lather, rinse, repeat. I mean, there was very little creativity and ingenuity and excitement when it surrounding learning. And I just felt like, Something's got to change. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like this. When I decided to homeschool my children, I envisioned something that wasn't playing out. And it was frustrating for me. I didn't know how to get from where I was to where I wanted to be. And I was afraid. I didn't know anybody else that was doing it. And so I tried to stay very close to the letter of the law um, and do exactly mimic what was happening in school and bring that home. Um which is so, normal, which is, I think, what so many of us do because that's what we yes, know. So we absolutely. stay within those safety
0: lines <laughs> because we're always worried, well, we don't want to mess things up by by stepping over the line.
1: Right. So we went from zero children to three children to three more. So when we brought home the the uh, second sibling group of three, I was like, if I am hating what I'm doing with three, I cannot imagine what the end of my day will look like with six. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, something's got to give. There's got to be a better way. And that's when I started investigating and reading. And um, the funny thing is when I first started reading, I thought these people have to be completely out of their mind to even consider such a thing.
0: <laughs> um as unschooling like, or self-directed exactly. learning, you mean?
1: Yeah, as unschooling, because first of all, the whole "un" in the un on the beginning was a mm-hmm. complete turnoff, mm-hmm. especially for my husband. He was like, un-anything sounds unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point, yes. And what, what's hilarious about it is that it's just the opposite, right? It's the most natural. Right, But But, right. um, you know, in the beginning, we, I, was, I was skeptical, but when we first um, adopted our newest children, we didn't want to just shove information down their throat. We wanted to kind of mold and bond as a family of eight. And so we took time off from our regular, um, boring homeschooling (laughs) that we were doing to just kind of relax and enjoy each other and get to know each other better. And, um, What happened was exactly what I had been watching videos of and reading about was that they started teaching themselves things and they started teaching each other things. And none of these things they were learning were on a checklist. They were out of order based on common rubric. Um, It was completely delightful to watch. Um, And it made it real to me. So, you know, though it was about six months before we had decided to jump back into traditional um, homeschooling. And during that period of time, we were sold like we're never going back. (laughs) (laughs) This is the way to go. And now we have been unschooling for going on nine years. Hmm. And it is the most amazing thing that um, that could have ever happened for our family. And I. And so that's why I I shouted from the rooftops that there is another way and that there are, um, you know, there's so much joy in learning and exploring that people can have with their with their kids if they just get themselves and their mentality out of the way.
0: Right, right. So, you know, you said you took time off. Did you did you decide say you know what we're just going to take this month off and then get back to the drudgery of work? Did you just say, you know what, we're just going to take some time off and then we'll decide when we'll go back to regular, you know, school type learning? How how did you frame that?
1: Well, they came home around March of 2013. And so we were like, you know, we're just going to just end it here. <laughs> and we'll come back in the fall. So okay. that was several several months that we had to just chill out. And um so it was kind of like an a de-schooling on mistake. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I think it's a good, that's a good way
0: for it to be. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And during that period is when our eyes were opened to what the possibilities actually were. And we have not gone back since. And I, you know, in 2020 we just launched, so to speak, our two, um, two oldest children and the last eight years of their learning was unschooling and, it has been an amazing journey and I have four more at home that are rocking it and doing their thing and learning who they are and what they love. And so it's been a beautiful journey. That doesn't mean every day is roses. Obviously we have lazy days where we're completely, you know, not doing anything. Then there's days where they're like rocking it. And, um, so there's a balance there. So I don't want to pretend like, oh, wow, we're skipping through lilies every day. Mm-hmm. No, we're not. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, but it, it has been a beautiful, beautiful road. And I I have zero regrets.
0: Mm, that's good to hear on both sides. It's good to hear that it's not always, like you said, it's like, it's not always perfect and shining and starful, like sometimes can be portrayed, right? That there's, you know, there's some good days and tough days and you get through that. There's some great days. It's it's the journey, right? But that also you are, you'd ha- you don't have any regrets on that. You're, you are grateful for the journey and how it's really supported your family and each one of your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. So how old are your kids right now, can I ask?
1: Wow. <laughs> when I when I say it, it just solidifies how how wild this ride has been. But they are eighteen, seventeen, almost fifteen, fourteen, thirteen, and almost twelve.
0: Wow. Okay. Oh, so you don't even have any little little ones anymore. They're all in the preteen, teen, young adult stage now. Okay. All
1: little at once. And now they're all <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I full of teens and it can be chaotic, but it's also delightful seeing who they're becoming, the little, you know, the people that they are naturally through this process um, has been really neat to witness. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's great because. You have the insight of all of those years from young to young adult, and you've been able to really be firsthand and being in that journey and being able now to relate those experiences, which I think comes to your book, your new book, mm-hmm. uh, Teens Unleashed, which is kind of a follow-up or sequel to your previous one, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Homeschool Going Wild kind of took you through, you know, the early teen years because I didn't have teenagers you know, at that time. And I am very adamant about when I speak and when I write. It's about things that I have mastered and experienced myself. So I'm unwilling to put myself out there as an expert on something that I haven't experienced, something that I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I um in the back of homeschool going wild which takes people, you know, through our journey from public school to traditional homeschooling into unschooling, how we did it, the mindset and the framework around how we how our days looked back then. And in the back of that book, I explained that I would be coming back in a couple years and sharing with them what our teen years and into adulthood looked like um, once I experienced that. Okay, and so now that I have two you know kids that are launched into the world and you know making their way in the world and four more teens that are uh, that are finding you know their thing, uh, I felt like, hey, now's the time to share how this has worked for us and how it can work for you know multiple families
0: hmm. okay, so now's the time to share how what was <laughs> how did it what was the shift how did, how did things did things really change and start to look very different from the earlier years or did you just gradually find yourself still because I want to just say it still being able to recognize and adjust and support kids individually so what are, have there been big changes as they've entered the teen years
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> there have been and you know i have to watch myself from grieving Um, what, what I enjoyed with those little wide eyed, the world is my oyster years. Um, there's two things. Okay. So I really, 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 really loved just going on adventures and, and exposing them to things they had never seen or never heard. And, um, they were just little sponges, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, the flip side of that was it was chaotic because no one really knew what direction they were going so you're you're strewing and you're just firing into the dark and hoping something sticks with someone and um so it was very random and you know moving forward into the teen years it's not so random anymore because most of my children they have one two maybe three interests that are very strong and prominent and um, and so the, the strewing and the effort and the um, investment goes toward very specific things. And so those very random adventures have kind of, I won't say they've halted, but um, it's not the way that it was when you were just trying to help them figure out what direction, you know they were interested in going. And so I kind of grieve those younger years because it was so much fun, you know, having six little feet and laughter and all that little stuff um, that I enjoyed that. Um, But I must say that seeing who these amazing kids are and witnessing who they're going to be and how they're going to impact the world um, has also been really exciting. So Both sides, there were good and challenging times with when they were young and now. Hmm. It just looks different.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet that's the gift as well as being able to see that and see what they're becoming and and growing into. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I understand that. I understand the grieving process for sure and how the shift and um and still being present to enjoy where they are right now, where we are right now, and how do, like that's a good way to explain it. That the adventures were kind of random and scattered on all, all over the place in some ways. The you know the excitement of discovering new things almost continuously right. <laughs> within one day <laughs> or when <in> one morning, <laughs> exactly. and then then for that to start narrowing down and becoming more focused and concentrated on certain areas or discoveries that they wanted to build on. Uh, Yeah, I I absolutely recognize that. So then how, so can you give an example of maybe some of your kids of how they went from the constant discovery to a more narrow focus and then how you were able to support them in that?
1: Okay, so um, I'll take my oldest son for example um as one of the examples but he is um 17 years old now and he is a uh, licensed aviation electronics technician Hmm. as well as a um private pilot in training and he's also getting all kinds of other certifications in aviation and so that is his focus he is immersed day and night in this he works at the airport every morning and um it's just been a powerful powerful journey to see that um he's been flying since he was 12 years old but before all of that happened um he was, he's always been very sciencey, but he was all over the place. You know, as long as it had something to do with physics or chemistry, or some types of some type of science, farming, um, he was he was really 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 into it. And so as he got older, and became more focused. You know, I could strew a book on farming, and it would. He'd be like, "I don't have time for that." <laughs> <laughs> you know, whereas before he just eat it up, whatever it was. Yeah, um, yeah. He would just really enjoy taking in information, anything that was scientific in nature. Um, and now it's very, very, very specific and narrowed down. And he's he's working on his career, and so you know that's kind of the difference I had. I can, I can give you so many examples with so many children, but, um, one of my sons who has, he's always like science. He's kind of what I call him, my closet learner. Mm -hmm. I have two, two younger sons and they're both kind of closet learners where they kind of go off by themselves and, you know, kind of master a body of knowledge and then come back and shock you with it. Mm -hmm. And. (laughs) and he he was like that with piano and music, and um he dibbled and dabbled in science and things of that nature, but he was all over the place, you know, really all my kids early on were all over the place, and um he's narrowed down to acting and okay. theater okay and um which brings that music you know element uh in um and so it's really interesting to see him he was very quiet very um overwhelmingly shy young man and uh he started acting in plays just this year 2021 and he's a different person hmm. we don't even recognize him hmm. his nickname in our family was Quiet Storm <laughs> and um because out of six children he's the only one that you're not gonna hear he might be involved in what's going on but you're not gonna hear him <laughs> and so um It's one of those things where he found his thing and it sparked like a whole part of him we had never seen. Um, The storm has begun. Yeah. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And he's, he's still very much himself, but when he gets on stage, he's confident. A year ago, he would tell you himself a year ago, he could never imagine standing in front of a group of people saying anything. And when he kept pushing and saying, "I want to act, I want to act," and we're kind of like, oh, "Okay," so we got that. We made sure that he had those experiences, and oh my gosh, the floodgates have opened to the point where his confidence level, his vision for his future, um, how he spends his time and his uh, his energy, it's just been amazing. Hmm. And so, you know, I always tell parents exposure. Ignites fires. You know, if you're, if they, if you have a child that said, or you have a child and you say, well, they don't have any interests. They don't like anything. There's nothing specific. I said, they haven't touched it or experienced it yet. But once they do, you will know and they will know. And so everybody has an interest. Everybody has a purpose and a passion and a direction, you know. But if they have not shown it, It's because they haven't seen it yet. They haven't seen an example. They haven't been exposed to it yet. So a parent's job is exposure. Mm. As random and as wide and as deep as you possibly can, expose them to new people, cultures, places, careers, industries, ideas, uh, concepts, um, resources, to the point where the exposure is so wide, they're going to find out what is for them and what is not for them.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. They get the experience to, to spark something is going to spark that, that smoldering fire or that fire that's just beginning into a larger flame. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to put it, that the parent's job is exposure. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I many times you hear support and encouragement, but I think exposure. Because just many times we just have the basic ability to provide exposure, whether it's a way to be transportation right. <laughs> or find finding connections and mentors, or being the person that's in the know for spaces or classes or creations in that way, or just providing supplies in that way as Book, well. A website that's all exposure. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's right. So I know many will be asking, and this is the thing, hearing you and your kids now are, your oldest is 18 and over nine years unschooling, you know, the biggest thing that I hear is, but, you know, how, when do you get to that point when you are relaxed about it, when you're not worried about, you know, the biggest thing we hear lots right now is, you know, kids falling behind, how will I know that they have reached all the requirements they need to reach? Um, Are they going to be, have the tools and information that they need to be successful adults, you know, or what about if they're focused on science, well, what about the writing aspect of it and literature? and shouldn't they be doing these classes or getting this information? How do you, where did you get to the point where you are comfortable with letting them just be? What did it take for you to get to the point where you were able to trust the process?
1: I'll be honest with you, and it may sound really simple, but I kept good records. Those Mm -hmm. records encouraged me anytime I panicked. All I had to do was look back at the pictures and the um, the records that I was keeping of what they were choosing to do every day. And I was like, oh, we've got this in the bag. Right. And so if you are, you know, and I don't live in a state that requires that of me, but I do it anyway because I know my personality
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that I am visual. And so, you know, my kids, my oldest daughter, one of her sayings is every day is picture day in our house <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> because mom is always snapping and asking us to pose with the book that we're reading or whatever the case is. They know I'm coming. I have my camera. I want to know <laughs> what you're doing and I'm going to record it under every topic possible that it covers. So um, I would say the main thing is a mindset shift. If you don't start with changing your mind around, number one, that there's only one of your child, which means if they are unique, their education and their learning experience should also be unique. Mm -hmm. Number two, that every person, just like adults today, if there's something we need to learn, we find someone to teach us. We find the information on the Internet. We find a book about it. We enroll in a class. It's the same thing for our children. It doesn't work any differently. Our minds don't cut, cut on at 8 a.m. and shut off at 3 p.m. Right. They're always right. moving. Learning's always happening. And so once you recognize that and you begin to see all the learning that's happening around you that you are not initiating, um, you'll begin to relax. Hmm. So the first thing is, is my record keeping. If I'm keeping records, some people choose journals. I use Evernote yeah, um, I really, because I, I remember really you talking about that. That's right. Yeah. Because I prefer to have my pictures and descriptions together. You know, having pictures in my phone and a journal with notes didn't work for me. Um, but that that was the key for me. Anytime I need encouragement, all I have to do is go through my records and I can breathe easy knowing my children are well-rounded, well-educated individuals. and um What they need is relative based on the direction that they're going. And we focus on that with our kids as they become more and more, um, you know, pointed in specific directions. We help them do the research to find out what it is that they need. My oldest son wanted to go into aviation and he wanted lots of different experiences in aviation. So he had choices um, for his career and aspirations so I had him do the research. What does that look like? What do you need to know to do that? It turns out he needed a lot of math and, and uh science. And so what did we do? Did we force him to do that? No, we asked him, do you want it bad enough to do it? And if you want it bad enough, you choose what you use to learn it, when you learn it and how you use it. And uh so he his a lot of his learning looked traditional, but he was in the driver's seat and he chose to do it because that's what he wanted. That was the desire, the interest, the passion that he was moving toward. Whereas I have other children that will not touch, you know, a, um, you know, a calculus book. They could care less about that. And the direction that their life is going, the career aspirations that they have do not require that of them. And so we look at that. A lot of times people are looking for, you know, what our college is going to look for. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And in my book, um, Teens Unleashed, I have examples, not just of my family, because I wanted to tell more than just our story. I have two second generation moms that are unschoolers, second generation unschoolers, and as well as five or six um, teens between the ages of 14 and 19. And many of them in college or graduated from college having been unschoolers and having presented their very, um, you know, uh, alternative transcripts and uh, portfolios that didn't look anything like a traditional transcript and were accepted to multiple colleges. Right. And so yeah. this myth that you can't go to college is completely false. And the fact that college is the only answer when in my book, as I show, is only one of many directions our children can take for success. And they define success for themselves. We don't.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully
1: that answered many of your, those questions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it did. It, it answered all of them, actually. So you talked about record keeping, Um, documentation is what we hear sometimes, which is so powerful. I know for me, it's been a journal um, and photos on my phone and then saving photos on like Dropbox or uh, I kept, I have a private Facebook page. I started with that, having a private Facebook page that was for where I live. It is fairly regulated. So I do have to show some documentation and the um, school board that we have the different ones that we've been registered with have been fine with photo documentation having um, linking them to my private Facebook page to show what the kids are doing and learning and then just having little notes like that it, you can exactly how you said make it work for you and what your needs and how it best reflects your family but it's not only for someone it's not just for someone else it really is for your family because it gives you a chance to go back and connect all of that learning and see really they call it evidence of learning right proof of learning and and there is an abundant amount of that. So, yeah, I agree. It's a it's a key tool that I think we just kind of overlook because we think it needs to be in forms of tests or multiple choice worksheets or different things like that, when really it's just, it can be continuous documentation. And I know Evernote was a big one for you. And I, I remember noting that down last time as
1: well, that that was big. And I used those Evernote uh, notebooks that I created. Um and I have I have a part one and two video on my YouTube channel. If anyone is interested, yes, yes, um, that show exactly how we use Evernote. But those Evernote entries were made creating transcripts for my older two children seamless. Right.
0: Yeah, I was able
1: to create nope, transcripts take note, within, everyone. Yes. within literally within thirty minutes, and those have been able to be used for internships and culinary arts school and um, avionics uh, training and all those kinds of things that would need a transcript. You know, and colleges love. The idea of someone that is a self-starter, someone that has um, been immersed in something they're passionate about for years and not just guessing and closing their eyes and picking a major, you know. Um, So I think people need to kind of change their idea of how they perceive themselves as learners, because when you present your evidence of learning to other people, it is astounding. It blows their mind. and you'll read some some about that of a couple unschoolers uh, that I wrote about in the book. You know, one young lady uh, was um, accepted to over a hundred colleges and is now at uh, UC Berkeley, and mm. she was unschooled from the beginning. And so, um, you know, just really and again, college isn't the only you know the only yeah. option for kids. But that's that's a question that I get a lot of. And so I wanted to bring that home that that does not mean that you can't go. Even if you have an alternative way of learning, it does not mean you can't go to college. And many go as teenagers to community college right, and then transfer into university. So there's so many different ways of, of looking at their future and the opportunities available to them.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that is a big question that comes up when around unschooling teens is: will their future? Will they be able to get into college um, and the opportunities that they have? And I I want to say as well that it's not just colleges and universities that are looking for self-directed learners; it's employers as well. That's one of the biggest things that I hear from business owners that they want and that they see lacking, even from kids who come out looking like they have the perfect resume, perfect transcript, you know, all of, checked all of the boxes, but they come in and they can't direct themselves or they're just waiting to be told what to do. And then they can Zero check off Zero life experience. Yes,
1: yeah. exactly. Zero hands-on experience in the actual industry, yeah. you know, and that's why we try to get our kids doing. I, I really feel like the learning is in the doing. We'll read about it. We'll watch something about it. But I want them to begin doing. And that helps them decide if something is for them or if it's not for them.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's the other point that you had when you answered my question so well. My big broad question was, you know, what they need is relative based on the direction that they are going. And I think we 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 either think we want to decide the direction for them, or we feel that the only way that they can go in their direction is by having the same uniform knowledge and facts shoved down their throat as everybody else. And I'm not sure where we got that from. But that's not the case. But I, I I wrote that down is what they need is relative based on the direction that they are going. It's so true in that support.
1: You know, I, I find it interesting that um, we feel like we need to stuff information and like yeah. we have to teach them everything there is to know about everything. Like said the science kid. <laughs> um everything there is to know about everything between the ages of five and 18
0: yeah, instead right. of
1: encouraging them that anything that you want to learn at any point in your life is available to you. That's right. Yes. And if you wanted to go to school, say you wanted to, you know, enter a university and they had requirements and something you did not learn. You can go to a community college and take that class. Mm-hmm. You can self study and and test, uh, test into a class. So it's really, There are no limitations to learning. There are no limitations to the goals that they set for themselves. There's always a way to accomplish what they want to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, I want more people to hear that and understand that and recognize that. I think that's just the key. It's so so important. And I think right now, I mean, even for me hearing that as well, and the reminder of that, it's timely because we're going for many, depending on where in the world you live, you're coming to the end of the year cycle for school. Um, you're looking ahead to next year and what you're going to be doing. Where I live in particular, the province that I live in, in Canada, is they're looking at changing the curriculum. And so there's big upset right now going on with how they want to change it and what they're offering and how they want to do it and i think it's interest and then and I, you know so many times i hear in questions and forums as well too and um in certain paid uh, groups that I'm I'm part of or that I help run is, you know, what curriculum do you recommend for my child of this age to do? Or we're looking to want to really strengthen their grammar or something. What curriculum do you recommend? And it's so interesting that we wait to be told one, and also we feel that that can only happen through something that's already created. And then you know, we then instruct, we follow those instructions and then hand it down and give the instructions to our kids, or that the learning is only going to happen. It's going to really change with the curriculum that they've been given. And, you know, I think, you know, where, where is your, where is your own choice and recognition and understanding of knowledge and where you can get it from? Just because a curriculum says that, this is going to happen in grade three doesn't mean that you can't impart that information and knowledge within your family at any other time earlier or later, depending on, on, on your individual learning and individual child. So, yeah, I think that's so key to remember and recognize. And I think that's the other thing about whenever I listen to you or, you know, your Facebook page, your, your videos and speaking with you is that you really have a great, um, confidence, but it's, you know, your independence is really clear in your own personal sef- self-direction, I yeah. think is really key <laughs> yeah, for your kids, right? Because you've, you model that in your own life. And, you know, that is a huge part of their learning as well, is the self-direction that you show and model as model too.
1: Well, thank you. That was a great compliment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're
0: welcome. But it, it's, it's important, right? That's a huge strength in all of that.
1: It definitely is, and um, to your point about the curriculum, there was uh, I've even mentioned this in the book. We are looking for a curriculum to change our children's life forever, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the person that wrote that curriculum does not know your child. They do not know their God-given Thank talents. You. They don't yes. know who they're created to be. They yes. don't style or, you know, it's just you can't cater something that someone else created to your child and, and think that it is just going to be the end all be all and change your homeschool forever. It just won't. The only thing that works. And I'm, I'm, I'm cocky enough to say this. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that works is paying attention to your individual child's needs in the moment and change as their needs change. Yes. So does that mean you have to unschool? No, but you can do that even as a homeschooler and recognize when things ebb and flow and and when your child is growing and maturing and needing something different. Um, So I'm not saying you have to unschool to be doing this correctly. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you have to tune in to who your child is is in order to give them a unique perspective and unique learning experience. And you can do that in multiple ways. Unschooling just gives you a whole lot more freedom.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's right. And I think that is absolutely the key. That really is. Yeah. And then that carries with them. Imagine a world where I know one of my last discussions with one of my guests, Heather McTaggart, who was talking about her organization, Unschooling School. And we talked about imagine a world where children Grow, grow up tuning into their interests and being recognized for who they are for mm-hmm. who they individually are and how the world would look different what mm-hmm. would shift and how how that would change so what do you think how would that shift the outlook of the world or how we're living today when we have a world filled with people who are acknowledged for who they uniquely are and who are able to follow their interests and passions and build on that focus.
1: You know, I'll be honest with you. We don't have to look very far, far back or far currently. And the reason why I say that is because those that you see that are pioneering and creating and doing things that are literally changing how we live um, in positive ways had a support system that allowed that them to do that. Mm. before, you know, school was what school is today and has been for, you know, over a century. um, That is exactly the way that people learned. They learned at the feet of those that were doing what they wanted to do. And they, um, they immersed themselves in the things that they were passionate about and interested in. And they were able to focus on it and um, in on it to the point where they were able to master it. Um, it wasn't until we started having a checklist, you know, the industrial age where we needed robots <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we kind of mm-hmm. needed, uh, worker bees. And yep. that's kind of where all of that came from where it's like, who cares who you are? The greater good <laughs> <Right. That's actually laughs> needs, yeah. needs your body and your hands. Um, to, to carry out these, you know, these skills, whether this is your purpose or not. And, um, but before that, we can see some of the greatest things at the turn of the century that were created that we still use today. Um, you know what I mean? You think about the car, you think about all of these things, and then you come, you come to present day and you think about the cell phone, you think mm-hmm. about technology, um. No matter what you think about the people that created these things, these people had a had a network um, of family and friends and colleagues that supported their ability to think outside the box. Yes. Do things that were not quite, you know, status quo. OK, I don't want to finish college because I have an idea that will change the world right mm-hmm. yeah and i then don't want to take classes the
0: every day and exactly. you know, i want to play on my computer instead it's like okay exactly. we'll find allowance for that yeah exactly
1: yes. and so you know those are the people that make a really really great impact and that doesn't mean that we don't all have you know our purpose and our impact to make on the world but if you look at some of the major major um accomplishments you'll see that that is exactly what they were granted, was the freedom to think outside the box and use their time and their creativity in a way that um, that immersed them in a world and brought forward, you know, something amazing. That's ab- that,
0: that's absolutely it. That's right. We we kind of get caught up in the other things and forget that that's where you know so many came from, and the importance of doing and repeating that for our own kids and our own generation. That's that's exactly it. The, the ones who are able to live and think outside of the box, be respected for that. So then they were able to have a different viewpoint and then create from there. And mm-hmm. that's been the gift for all of us, for all of society. It's so true. So absolutely, so absolutely true. Yeah. So do you see right now more shifts happening in that direction? I mean, with COVID right now and complete shifts in society and changes with how people, the workplace and even school for many, some still are not back to school. And for those that are, there's been been big changes in the classroom and how, you know, how, you have to be and conduct yourself or you know, and so schools are are slowly starting to see that the need to shift and more online programs are happening and available but what do you do you see a big change happening quickly, or like what do you what
1: do you think or hope for the future in that? I think we have a barge to uh to turn in the ocean, (laughs) Mm -hmm. meaning Mm -hmm. it's, I think, I don't think it's not an easy task. (laughs) Exactly. I think that we have a, you know, a hundred ton, you know, I think that it is a, it will have to be a massive collective shift. And I think that's happening because of the uh, virus, Mm -hmm. but it's happening slowly because um, it's, hard to change something that has been happening for so long and not have a backup plan immediately waiting. Right. It wasn't like, Oh, okay. Plan for 2020. This is when this is going to happen. <laughs> we were yeah, all no, shocked no. by it, the whole world. And so um, not having a backup plan kind of causes you to still go with what you kind of works until you can do something different. But I think it's a great shift just last night. Um, I did a uh, a session for a group of parents in central Me- Mexico that are interested, and interested in interested learning. learning. Um, mm-hmm. Parents that never thought they would homeschool um, are not happy with the basics of school at home and want to do something different, but just had fears and questions and concerns. And so once I got, you know, understood the government laws and things of that nature that they're working with, I was able to kind of help them see how this can work for them too. And so, you know, and I have people in, you know, other countries, I have uh, people in Zimbabwe that I'm working Mm -hmm. with. Um, So I think that globally there's going to be a shift with Parents and their thinking. And because of that, the schools and the administrations and the government is going to have to rethink if they want parents to consider programs that are offered publicly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's and where the, so shift, the push has got to happen, yes.
1: Parents are going to cause that shift by making the decisions for their children that they feel are best. And a lot of parents have been able to see over the last year, this is not working. This is not the way to do this. Um, whereas for so long, out of sight, out of mind, our kids are gone all day. We don't really know the nuances of how um, you know the school system works. Um, and we just assume, especially for a kid that's getting good grades, checking all the boxes, that everything's going well.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, We just assume that they're they're learning and they've got it all on track because they got a ninety percent or they made sure they always have their homework done and therefore they got a good mark. But is that always really the case? Yeah.
1: I talk yeah. about that in the book as well, how um, this uh the illusion of mastery. Right. You know, yes. and that's, that's a, a big, big thing in the homeschool community. I teach to yep. mastery. I used to say it myself. And then I thought to myself, is that really mastery if my kid knows everything that was in that textbook in order to take a test? Right. Mastery yes. really is being able to walk out information, mm-hmm. not, not just regurgitate it, but walk it out, understand it, apply it to life. And so I encourage my kids to master what they're really, really, really good at. If they have challenges in areas, of course, work on those as well. But you want to master who you are, not everything.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right, and it goes back to that. Uh, remember, the ten thousand hours. I think it was Malcolm Gladwell talked about in that one book, or you know, becoming a master expert. He was talking about, uh, you know, that's when you you dive and you spend about ten thousand hours in that focused area. And the beauty is that you know, think like thinking of your kids, for example. Some start those ten thousand hours when they're thirty years old, or you know, maybe maybe when they're twenty one, but. Many unschoolers get to start it from when they're 10 exactly. or when they're 6, when they're, you know, 11 years old. And the difference in that, being able to have those hours focused on that mastery is huge. And then continuing that as they get older, they really, yeah, they really have Become the experts in that, and that's a beautiful thing. I can't, I you know, let's recognize that for sure. It's not this broad regurgitation of information; it's the true mastery that's important. I think that's a huge thing, and what you said—the illusion of mastery—mastery is key. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of parents are beginning to see, especially as their kids have come home and started to really ask questions or you know see how things have been going in their days or school uh, that you know, the mastery is not there. And also for the the teachers and staff, it's hard to get mastery when you have 30 kids, a strict time schedule, and, you know, certain things that you have to get through before Mm -hmm. the end of the year, or a test that, you know, everyone's measured on, uh, that they have to have a certain percentage of passing or excellence on. And when that becomes a goal, the mastery fades away.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, there's something to be said about learning what you need to learn when you need to learn it. It becomes more meaningful when you can apply it to something that you're working toward. So we keep workbooks around the house. We don't require it. But if my children are working on a project or they ask a question or whatever the case is, um, then you have to, uh, I'll pull out a workbook and show them how to do that. And they see how it applies to their life. Um, one example that I will say that I we had recently, um, and I love rabbit trails. I love the opportunity to <laughs> dive in when my kids ask something and no telling where it's going to lead. But we were in a store. And th- at the store, they had a sign that said 10 um, pieces of candy for a dollar. And my kids was like, "Ooh!" so they grab a bag and they start picking out candies. And then I kind of stopped them and I said, you know, guys, when I was younger and my mother would take me to the penny candy store, I got a hundred pieces of candy for a dollar. And they started protesting and talking about how they were being ripped off and this wasn't fair. And so that that allowed us to start talking about inflation. Yes. Yeah about inflation and economics. And it led to so many valuable conversations that we would have never had in a textbook because yeah. those conversations are for college, right? right. So, right. <laughs> um, you know, but, but here they are preteens and teens hearing about things that may be more complicated and not on a checklist for their age level that we were able to expose them to just from talking about candy.
0: Yeah, that's right. The relevancy and how, yeah, and you think it's not a, You just have to learn it, so it's not applicable to you. And really, it's applicable to every single one of us. Yeah, <laughs> it affects us, especially now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it's huge, and it's yeah, it's in, and it's it's interesting too because I think of, you know, one of the common concerns is that they say kids aren't taught about money and finance and budgeting in school, and it's like, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, I think that's definitely overlooked. There's so many opportunities in our daily life to incorporate that into our conversations. Um, but the concept of, like, like you said, inflation, which some would say is a higher level concept, but it's pertinent to all of those areas, to, to financial literacy, to money, to budget, and how our society functions and works, and how it affects us daily and our family daily. Yeah, I think that's a great example, a, a very strong example. And, and how it
1: happens naturally.
0: It happened that way in their everyday living and it life. It does.
1: Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's so meaningful, you know? It is. it is. It is. It really is. So I also
0: want to be mindful of our time today. We're both chatting on friday um and it's an easter friday here and i I know you have your family to attend to but there's a few things i want to make sure that we have too so your book if we want to get your book if we want to connect with you um Please, I don't want to forget that. Please tell us how we can do that. I want to put that in the show notes. And it's something that I just, I don't want to be missed because I, I, I always love the value you give and your perspective and what you share to the community. So how can we get Teens Unleashed? Where can we find you um, and, and connect with you?
1: Okay. Well, first I'll give you all of my social media. Um, you can follow me on uh Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube under Carla K-A-R-L-A, and The Sensational Six. And um, through those avenues, you'll see how we do what we do and the projects that we're working on and things of that nature, even when certain books are launched. And I'll talk about my books on those uh, outlets as well. Um, My website is com. They can access all of my books, and we have interest-led learning boot camps, um, self-publishing boot camps, and other things, and they can just learn about all the things that I do. Um, But Teens Unleashed, this book and all the rest of my books, can be found on Amazon under Carla Marie Williams as well. Okay, perfect. And I'm going
0: to add all of that in the show notes too. So um, if you're listening and you want to just an easy way, just go to the show notes and click on those links and it will take you there as well. So I would like to know, you know, are there, what would you like to leave listeners that maybe we haven't talked about yet, but you feel is really important or we have, and you feel that you know, we need to say it again or elaborate more um, from your book that we can take into our own lives with our teens and young adults in learning self-directed learning.
1: I would say two things. One, do not allow your fear to get in the way of you exposing your children to an amazing journey. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes (laughs) it's you know we have diamond. Yes, yeah. We have these excuses like my child needs more structure, or we could never do that, or my child will play video games all day if I let them choose what they wanted to do. When really the truth is, is that our fear is getting in the way of what could possibly be a game changer for our child. So check your fear, (laughs) check your fear, yes, and (laughs) and allow your kid some room and some autonomy to make the choices. With their learning experiences. And then, number two, I would say that trust your child. Our teens and young adults have more wisdom and insight and capability than we give them credit for. And we live in a society worldwide that looks at teens as foolish, irresponsible, and honestly, they are more capable and more wise than we give them credit for. So trust your team to follow their interests and their passions, and you be there as a support and a facilitator. But just know that they are capable. They can do this.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think those are two of the most important elements that create the foundation for that. Thank you, Carla Marie. I I appreciate you coming on the show. And um, I know everyone listening will walk away from this episode feeling inspired and with, uh, you know, having a great amount of knowledge that was shared. So for their own personal journey, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.